Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on once again with Chizo. And I'm on tonight with a pretty crook, JB, uh, but you're the only soldier we got left in the sheds tonight, mate. How are you travelling? Yeah, not bad. Um, there could be a little bit of spluttering. I hope there's not. Uh, you're a master editor anyway, so <laughs> it should be all good to go. But yeah, feeling a little under the weather. Mate, I haven't got that much time. I've still got to get on Fort and help the squad out. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I might just uh, upload it as is, but we'll see how we go. Um, mate, it's getting down to the uh, the important parts where we're trying to make a little bit of cash, upgrade our side as we go. A few options that we should talk about this week. Uh, we might as well jump straight into it uh, tonight, mate. We'll jump into the first game of the round. They're finally a blockbuster on a Friday. It's the Hawks and the Swans at the MCG. Uh, a few interesting uh, ins and outs on either side. We'll start on the Hawks side. We've got Will Langford and Ricky Henderson coming back in after his... Uh, his late withdrawal last week. Out goes Jimmy Warple, who's on the bubble, and James Cousins, who did a good job on uh, Zachy Merritt last week. Uh, interesting to see him go out. Uh, on this one side of things, we've got Robbie Fox out and Harry Marsh, both omitted. Incoming Tom McCartan for his debut, Daniel Robinson. And it's good to see that Ben Ronk uh, keeps his spot there, JB. Yeah, great to see he survived. I think a lot of people were concerned about Buddy uh, mostly and maybe even Hanabry, but... Uh, as we see here, there are a couple of people below him, and the people coming in for those who are omitted are surely below him as well. So, I mean, he's got a bit of job security. I think people are getting very concerned because they see Buddy Franklin, but they're not even they, they don't even have similar roles. Like Buddy's there to kick goals, Ronke's there to to uh, apply a lot of forward pressure and and maybe sneak in a couple of goals. So, I'm not overly concerned about Ronke. I've I've got him in this week myself, so uh, I think it's great signs to see him survive uh, past a couple of omissions as well. And it's uh, Sicily's 50th game, so it's a big milestone, obviously, for the kid. Uh, he's been around for about 15 years, missing every uh, every second <laughs> game, so it's taken him a while to get to 50. Uh, can we expect him to turn up in such a milestone game, JV? Yes. Um, it is going to be very, very uh, blustery and, and rainy in Melbourne, but I think we had that concern a few weeks ago. We said, well, one of the first weeks against Collingwood, where it was supposed to be... Uh, heaps wet but as we know the footy gods tend to give us good um good showings with from the weather so hopefully it just holds off a little bit and he's able to take some of those inset marks he was great last week he had uh i think in, in was in the top three for disposals and that's coming off half back so he's obviously got a ton of marks and the one the big 145 so i expect him to play well and if it wasn't so rainy chizo he'd be my sneaky point of difference vice captaincy option this week well that's what um Pistol was mentioning before it's going to over the next forty eight hours. Uh, it's going to going to be a big downpour in uh, the southern states. So, um, you know that contested kind of ball, that intercept uh, ball for the, that James Sicily might be getting is is really interesting. A, a few guys that are prioritizing prioritizing getting him in this week. JB, um, I, I think Pistol's uh, pretty happy that he's uh, he's spent a couple of trades on James Sicily so far this season. He's he, he can't uh, he can't stop smiling. I think that he's got him back in, and since he's had him back in, he's just been putting up big numbers. Yeah, and he said in a perfect world he would have used all of his trades on Sicily this year, but <laughs> uh, there, uh, there were other things that needed to be assessed, I guess. So unlucky, just the the four or five trades he's used on him thus far. Yeah, uh, a little bit disappointing that uh, James Warple goes out on the bubble, but uh, he's not really scoring yeah, towards any any kind of potential that uh, would have given him cash cow status. So um, not too much of a, a drama there. We'll jump into the next game, Giants v. Eagles at Spotless Stadium on the Saturday. Uh, 
some big ins on the Giants side. We've got Jeremy Cameron and Rory Lobb uh, coming in. Isaac Cumming coming in for his uh, debut game. Good running halfback flanker. Uh, probably coming in for Nick Shipley, who only racked up the one handball and one tackle last week there, JB. Uh, Dylan Buckley and Jono Patton omitted. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, we did hear some rumours today, JB, that uh, or the day before, Rory Lobb copped a knock during training, but he seems to be okay. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying he might be a late out, but I wouldn't be too concerned. I think he'll he'll get up for this one. And, it, well, very good for those who have him in draft leagues, but I don't think he's a very popular uh, classic pick. It might only really affect some of the big guys. You see uh, Patton be omitted. That's because Patton did play a lot in the ruck, and Jeremy Cameron came in as well. So hopefully we see Finlayson uh, predominantly down back like we have all season bar last week where he put up a 60. Yeah, and obviously with Jeremy Cameron coming in, we should hopefully see Finlayson spending a bit more time down back, uh, which is, uh, I don't know whether it's a good or a bad thing, JB, considering he kicked two goals in the final quarter last week to get to 62. If, he, if he's not kicking those goals anymore, like where's his points coming from, the poor bloke? Yeah, well, I mean, if if he kicks two goals a quarter, then maybe he should go into the forward line predominantly, so... Yeah, all right. And we'll jump through onto the Eagles things. Uh, obviously, there is some big news with Nick Nat having his ridiculous suspension uh, upheld. Um, obviously, uh, Luke Shuey out with that hammy and Jack Petrocelli, uh, I believe, is another ankle for all those Eagles uh, going down with ankle injuries. Uh, in comes Brendan Archie for his first game over from the power. Fraser McInnes coming in for Nick Nat and uh, Braden Ainsworth picked up in the draft last year, also coming in for his debut. Uh, Archie and Ainsworth were touted to get a, a fair bit of game time during the year, um, during the off season when we're you know you're scouting your players for uh, from the draft into the the following their year. Jay be. Um, but it's Isaac Cumming that I'm really interested in. He's been uh, racking up big numbers in the NFL, particularly for a running halfback. Uh, a lot of play, uh, a lot of coaches had him in our starting squads uh, just before the round one teams came out. So uh, it's good to see that he's getting a run. He should be a good, uh, a decent downgrade option in the coming weeks. Yeah, and there's a reason a lot of people had him in the preseason. He was really earmarked by us coaches, obviously not so much Leon Cameron, but. Uh, as the player that would jump in and and replace the Zach Williams injury. So hopefully he goes into a sort of accumulating role on the wing or something and, and actually puts up some good scores. He's like he's looking like someone that uh, would be a very good downgrade option in a couple of weeks. And Brayden Ainsworth looks about 12 years old. I'm not sure if you've seen a picture of him, but <laughs> uh, astounding how young he actually looks. So hopefully he's not beaten up on too bad this week. I think we do need to check his birth certificate there, JB. And uh, Tommy Cole still uh, chugging along, making a bit of money for owners there. We'll jump into uh, the next game, which is uh, probably a blockbuster by how both teams are travelling at this moment. Uh, <laughs> the the Saturday afternoon game at the MCG, Carlton v Essendon. On the Carlton side of things, we have Darcy Lang, Charlie champion Kerno, and Jed Lamb coming in. Out with Levi Casbolt, Andrew Phillips omitted, and Matthew Kennedy omitted. For the first time, he's out of the team without snapping some part of his body off, so... Um, he'll go back to the uh, the VFL and, and get some form back. On the Essendon side of things, Joey Danaher out with the osteitis pubis and Andrew McGrath also out with an injury. In comes Arazio Fantasia and Sean McKernan here, JB. I really don't know who to tip with this one. I'm probably uh, I'm probably going to go uh, towards my boys on the Essendon side of things just because uh, without Levi, they literally don't have anyone to kick to on the, uh, the Carlton side of things that's uh, above about 14 years of age. Yeah, and I want to tip against Essendon considering that didn't bring back Guelphie. So I'm very shocked at Essendon's behaviour at the the selection table this year. 
I'm not sure about you being a supporter, but I have a couple of mates who support Essendon who have messaged me saying, why are we still talking down on our players and, and saying that they're not playing the way they should be? They're not informed, yet you're not making any omissions in your side. So you're obviously playing poor football. Um, whether Joe Danaher pretty much limping around the ground is a big part of that or not. But two fourth changes here, and, and they're the only two. So no omissions at all. You don't bring back Wilfie, who was uh, trying his heart out when he was playing. I'm surprised he's not in. And it, it just looks like you've got someone, uh, Dylan Clark, sorry, in the VFL, who's absolutely tearing it apart, and, and no omissions. So I'm a little confused, Jesus. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm uh, definitely along those lines. I did see something on Twitter. Um, I, I can't reference it because I can't remember. It's just sitting on the tip of my tongue at the moment. Um, can't remember where I saw it. Essendon on quarters one, two, and four over the course of the year are positive 25 points or thereabouts. And in third quarters, they're like a negative 189 or something That's like that. That's crazy. So, so we, over the course of three quarters of the game, we're ahead. And uh, or at least pretty much breaking even, but it's just straight after half time. I don't know what they're having. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's because uh, they got pretzels instead of uh, lollies to perk them back up. Brendo, <laughs> Brendo Goddard, uh, BJ wouldn't be happy about that. That that probably explains his outbursts on the field as well. For all we know, <laughs> JB. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah no, no I, 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 I'm totally uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down there, mate. If we look at the emergencies, we got Ridley, Langford, Guelphy, and Clark. Probably the four um, young guys that are showing potential on in the Essendon club. So I guess you can say we're not far away from calling the season you know, dead and buried and we're going to start getting some games into the youngsters because guys like uh, Much and Clark, uh, particularly Clark had another 30-plus disposals on the weekend, um, just racking the pill up and they've been absolutely fantastic. It's it's difficult to see why they're not getting a game. I mean, um, even Langford picked up 30-odd disposals on the weekend. So... Um, the way that I like to see it is if they're not performing, they shouldn't be playing. And so um, if you've got someone that's doing the hard work, has got the performance, they're in form, they, regardless of age, they should really be um, be getting game times because it, there's guys in our squad right now that are getting games that are just pathetic. And if they need to go back to VFL and get some form back or, or whatever, then they need to do that. But sitting here doing the exact same thing over and over again, getting disappointed at our our performance is just driving me crazy here, JB. And a lot and of it's a good thing to hold players accountable. Exactly. To send it back to the VFL, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean they're a bad footballer. It just means they need to go find some form. Like you look at, we're going to talk about Port Adelaide later, obviously with their ins and outs, but Pittard's been dropped after one game. But he just didn't have the form. So if that's what needs to happen, they go back, they find form, they come back with some confidence, and then they, they fire again. But it just looks like Essendon's a bit reluctant to do that, which I find crazy. Yeah, uh, it, I, I don't really understand. Uh, interesting game here. It could be a, a sneaky VC uh, on Paddy Cripps. He, he'd probably tear Essendon apart because we're just uh, an absolute rabble at the moment. Um, it's <laughs> interesting if we, we look at the uh, the forward line for the Carlton uh, in reference to my age comment before. you got Zach Fisher, Harry McKay, Nick Graham, Jared Garlett, Charlie Kerno, and Sam Petrovsky Seaton as their forward six. So um, all drafted with like in the last five years. So well, probably even less than that. So um, a very, very young forward line whether they're able to take advantage of uh, Essendon I'm not really sure so all right mate we'll jump into the uh, next game Suns and Melbourne at the Gabba a Suns home game Uh, a few wins on their side Stevie May Aaron Hall comes back from the wilderness and Jack Leslie down back Uh, out goes Matt Spencer Max Spencer Jesse Joyce and Matt Rosa Uh, on the Melbourne side of things Jaden Hunt is omitted for Christian Salem 
Going to be an interesting game here, JB. And uh, Will Brody's still absolutely smoking it in the knee fall, and he just can't get a game, mate. Yeah, I don't understand it. We all had him earmarked as our uh, expensive rookie that would you know, get off the chain a little bit with the, the more midfield time that he'd get this year. But he's not only getting less midfield time, he's getting zero game time at all. So... Uh, absolutely, it's just crazy, isn't it? And he's he's an emergency, which is obviously showing some of his form. But it's yeah, I, I don't understand. It's like when they kept Michael Barlow out and then bring him in for one game, he goes all right, and they drop him again. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Good to see that Connor Nutting and uh, Brayden Crossley do get a second game. So they look like they'll be on the bubble next week. Nick Holman named across the half forward. Um, I think we, we touched on the Monday podcast. I'm happy holding him at this stage. Uh, but good to see that Charlie Spargo on the bubble coming in this week. He's probably your number one option. Would you agree, JB? Yeah, 100%. And he's one of those players that if you saw him debut, he just looks like an absolute natural footballer. He'll come out and he'll just accumulate the ball. He'll make right decisions and he, he's got very good skills. Not the biggest athletic beast out there, but again, it's the, you can't put it past those natural footballers. And I think they're, they're, we have less of those natural footballers than what we do athletes, which is a little concerning and maybe, uh, maybe why the skills are a bit low this year. But um, I do like Spargo and I think he'll stay in the team for quite a while, especially if form is the only thing dictating that. And for those uh, holding Christian Petrarca like me, I've actually moved him on to Toby McLean this week, JB. I've, I've gone the upgrade. I'm sick of having uh, uh, underperforming premiums or premiums sitting on my uh, my bench there, mate. So I'm unable to go a, um, a double downgrade this week, just trying to stem the flow. Um, but it, no t- uh, centre bounce attendances last week coming back from that finger injury. Um, hopefully he'll get, see a little bit more mid-time this, uh, this week, JB, but he's just not a really strong option right now. No, and it's crazy to see a lot of people on Twitter, especially saying, uh, still backing him in uh, as they were in the preseason when uh, statistically he didn't look like a great pick, but I could understand the punt. But people backing him in still on Twitter saying, oh, no, he's fine. He'll build throughout the season. Blah, blah. Uh, it's, it's, it is really just blind faith. And it's like people holding billings. I mean, I myself traded him out this week. It, there's just no signs saying that they're going to jump up to that 90 to 110 average that would get them in the top uh, six to eight forwards. So what's the point in holding them? Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Uh, the showdown, mate. Some uh, some interesting ins and outs on either side. Port Adelaide, uh, Tom Cleary, Chad Wingard, Tommy Rockliffe, and uh, two-tone Sam Pell Pepper coming in. <laughs> out goes Don Barry omitted, Carl Amon. It says omitted, but I'm sure they'll be worried about his his uh, super severe concussion that he had from that overly aggressive tackle, JB. Um, Aiden Johnson injured and Jasper Pittard omitted, as you mentioned. On the Crows side of things, Wayne Miller out with that hammy and Darcy Fogarty is omitted for the returning Taylor Walker and Miles Paholke, who's also on the bubble, I believe, JB. Yeah, and I still can't believe Lachlan Murphy hasn't had a call up, but it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Gives us a loophole in that defense. But um, Paholke did look okay for his first couple of games, but not someone I'd strongly recommend getting in this week. Uh, obviously, Darcy Fogarty' omission isn't too shocking. But on Port Adelaide's side, uh, Don Barry omitted. I can't see him playing for a, for quite a while. I think all of uh, Cleary, Wingard, Rockliffe, and Power Pepper are best 22. Even though Rockliffe hasn't looked like it this year, I'm hoping he gets some form. It would take one of those guys to go out for Don Barry to come back in. So, And I think Carl Amon's probably ahead of him as well. So Don Barry, probably unlikely we see him anytime soon. I, I doubt he gets a run through the buys. 
And personally, I think it's time to to get rid of him. Even though he'll make money when he does play next, it'll be a long time away. Well, I guess there's a, on touching on that, there's no reason to really trade him out at this stage if you've got got the ability to hold him because um, he if he is going to play during the buys, like he he's got his buy out of the way early, and if you trade him out now, he's made no money, so that you're you're not getting any benefit for that trade that you're spending, JB. So um, that's the reason that like I kind of advocate um, if you are going to trade out someone, you trade out like a Brayshaw or a Holman uh, um, or, or these guys that have made that little bit of cash, um, like a Banfield this week. Banfield Despargo is a really popular trade. Um, just because you're actually getting something out of the trade, where we're seeing a lot of a lot of people jumping off, like a a barrier, a Hunter Clark, and things like that, and they just they haven't made you any cash. And if if you can hold them, there's there's uh, no reason why you can't stay there. The the most um, common one I'm seeing is um, uh, Spargo in for Banfield, so um, I'm happy with that one. JB, um, we'll jump into uh, the next game as we race on through these Optus Stadium. Uh, the cement ground, Fremantle and St Kilda here, JB. Michael Johnson and Daniel Pearce in for Nathan Wilson and Ethan Hughes. On the Saints side of things, Paddy McCartan is out. Ben Long is out with that injury. And Blake Akers, Blake Akers comes back in from his rest. And Ed Phillips, brother of Tom Phillips from uh, Collingwood, comes in for his debut game after absolutely killing it in the VFL. I think he's averaging uh, five uh, five tackles and 30 t- touches a game. So he's just been ab- absolutely cutting it up. And it's good to see some one of these uh, youngsters in like the, the, the teams that are underperforming finally getting a go. Yeah, and he looks like he'll be a very good selection, hopefully... He's, uh, he's obviously, as his brother has as well, his run and endurance uh, gets him the, the footy quite a bit and he could be a very good downgrade option for us in a couple of weeks' time. Blake Hake is coming in, obviously, good for all those who traded in the, the point of difference and Fremantle's ins and outs kind of irrelevant. So, <laughs> um, It's also good to see that Shane Savage has been named. Uh, there were some murmurs that he was under a bit of a fitness cloud, so good to see that he's there. And uh, Nick Caulfield has survived as well. So um, with the, the addition of Ed Phillips, it looks like it's um, the, the the Saints are starting to play a lot of their, giving their youngsters their games. I think it's, uh, you know, you've got Clark, Ed Phillips and uh, Caulfield all in the same game. So um, good to see that's what's going with the Saints. I want you to talk me through Jack Billings here, JB. You're jumping off him this week is that correct yeah and I'm probably a month too late a lot of people jumped off uh, a few weeks ago and I was very persistent he was on 22 in the first uh, 10 minutes of the last game and then he uh, I'm trying to recall it I think he he had a he went for a mark I don't know sorry the first thing he did was he he had a snap at goal and he missed and it was a very easy 40 meters out on that running onto his correct side bit of a snap he missed that, and he dropped down a bit, dropped down to 20, I think, and then he had a contested mark that he, honestly, it just bounced off his chest, and that dropped him down to 17, and then he finished the quarter on 15. So he could have finished that quarter on, on close to 40, but instead he, he finished on 15, and for the rest of the game, he was backing out of packs. He was not going near the footy. It looked like he was trying to avoid it. He got a few handballs, which was you know, nice and clean, but... He honestly doesn't look like a player that will turn up for a long time. His confidence looks shot. And I'm honestly, I'm actually a little surprised he isn't dropped for St. Kilda this week. So uh, all all harsh criticisms. And and he's a good player. He's obviously going to be a great player, but not someone that I can see stringing together a good month of football for our supercoach team. So for that reason, he's still losing us money. It's not like we're holding him because he can only go up from here. He's still got a high break even of 100 plus and... We'll still lose money. So I've actually downgraded him slash upgraded him to Spargo. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I agree with that. I think um, yeah, I, I, it's a tough situation. I think I'm in a similar boat with Petrarca. We just kind of kind of um, cut our losses, and you know we've already waited seven rounds, so we've waited a third of the season for things to come good. And, and you know if he comes good after this point, then so be it. But you know there's only so long you can wait before you've got to take action. And so um, I totally agree uh, with that one there on Jack Billings. We might as well uh, jump into the uh, next game. Western Bulldogs versus Brisbane Lions, the Saturday night game at Etihad Stadium. The Bont is back in after being a late withdrawal last week, and in comes Lucas Webb. Out goes Lin Jong, who's been omitted, as well as Tim English. Of all weeks for Tim English <laughs> to be omitted, JB, it's when Nick Nat goes down, and so this could influence what a lot of coaches do this week. Yeah, and this is very significant. Uh, I don't... I'm not actually sure what to advise people to do. I know there's another Ruckman that's very cheap in McInerney, but it's it's tough. I I wouldn't advise really trading out English to a, a Ruckman that's going to score 30 or 40 as your cover finish that. I think I'd almost advise just taking the donut and, and saving the trade if you don't have the money to go up to Grundy or something, which it probably is uh, numero uno on the list. But conversely, uh, Nick Nat having a rest and not, not a... Uh, not a team chosen rest could actually be good for him and it could have him play uh, all the way through the buyers and, and into the latter half of the season. So maybe this is that one game per season that Nat, Nick Nat will miss. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's something that we have touched on. We, we knew he wasn't going to play 22 just by the nature of Nick Nat and coming back from that ACL. So it is, uh, it, it's a tough situation. The only thing that I'd counter that with JB, like I, I understand not trading out a Ruckman that's performing well, but... We've got Tim English at 287k already. Potentially, you could um, trade English to uh, McInerney if you have him in that situation. Put McInerney on the bench um, in the place of Tim English. Get your, your your 40 or 50 points that you would have had from having English anyway, and then put Nick Nat back on the field next week. And if anything, it just, as you say, it gives Nick Nat that fresh and uh, that um, you know that that revitalising his gameplay, and he can uh, have a bit more energy for the weeks to come. Yeah, and the only reason I'd advise against that is if you didn't feel the trade was worth the, the 40, 50, 60 points that you're going to make up. But I suppose McInerney hasn't been terrible. He's, he's got the 54 and the 65 thus far. If he, if he sort of gets in between that and just scores a 60, that's that's probably worth the, the trade and the cash that you're going to make. So and I can justify it. But if it means then again missing out on someone like Spargo, again, I'd definitely want Spargo over McInerney. So yeah. I guess it's a tough situation and you just you have to make the right decision based on your own team, but it's very hard to advise on, that's for sure, because Nick Nat's obviously been good, so you don't want to get rid of him and, and trades are valuable. So it's, it's tough. It's definitely a difficult situation that I'm glad I'm not in. Yeah, so if you've got um, Tim English at R3 and you're trading him down to McInerney just to cover Nick Nat for the week, it, you're actually making more money doing that trade than you are going from, say... Um, a Banfield or a Brayshaw to Spargo that a lot of people are doing this week. So not only are you covering a donut, you're also bringing in 50 points and you're making more money than what you would be with one of the Fremantle rookies. So if you're in that situation, I, I wouldn't be against um, Oscar McInerney as one of your um, your downgrade options this week. The reason that we probably recommend one of the other guys um, here, JB, is because Spargo's scoring potential and his job security looks a lot better than um, a secondary ruckman in a, se- in a team that has Steph Martin. So 
I, I guess that that's my thoughts on it. So I wouldn't be averse to it either because you it's not it's not like you're trading um, two really cheap players um, and, and not getting anything out of it. You're you're getting the points as well as the the cash to upgrade in coming weeks. So uh, I'm not against that one. We did see the return of uh, Dane Zorko, JB Mitch Honeychurch on the uh, Church on the interchange for the Dogs. Uh, do we see him going to Zorko this game? Yeah, if he's selected, then oh wait, he is selected. Yep, on the interchange. Well then, yes, yes, I do see that happening. <laughs> uh, that'd be crazy not to considering Zorko's game last week, and we know Collingwood don't tag typically, so that's <clears throat> pretty much the result of that. So yeah, I, I'd assume Mitch Honey's Church goes directly to Dan Zorko, the same size as well and, and same body type, so um, he'll be following him all day. Now I've got an interesting stat for you, Chizo. Sure. <clears throat> so Toby McLean in two thousand and eighteen. It's always Toby McLean, isn't it? You just love this play. Where's the tattoo going to go? Is it the back of your calf, on your forearm? I love Toby. Tell me about it. It goes over the heart. (laughs) You're getting a Jake Stringer. It's just Toby McLean's face. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? He's he's just too good of a player to not get tattooed on your body permanently. (laughs) But anyway, a lot of people are trading him in this week, so it is definitely a, a, a topic of conversation. But in away games, he's had two of them so far. He averages 81.5. <clears throat> in home games, this includes four at Etihad and one at Mars Stadium. He averages 122. Now, the remaining games in 2018, he has nine away games, but four are at Etihad, two are at the MCG, and there are a few, uh, three that are interstate. And then his home games are all at Etihad, bar the one, which is at uh, Mars Stadium. So... To summarise uh, pretty quickly, he has, a, uh, if I can quickly calculate <laughs> it. Uh, it's all that cough medicine, mate. That, that, that's just cooking it's, you. It's all, it's all getting to my head. But yeah, he has one, two, three, three games interstate. So three technical away games where he has to travel. He should come home strong. Uh, that 122 average in, in games in Melbourne is pretty hot. So I would not recommend trading in any other forward for your entire season if you're not getting in McLean this week. Well, that's a pretty big statement there, JB. Uh, I think I did uh, mess up uh, on the Monday podcast thinking that I, I liked Sicily quite a lot this week. Um, but uh, what I'm taking away from all those numbers and confusion and stats and whatnot, um, we should also uh, tag uh, Bryce Mitchell on Twitter. He puts up some fantastic numbers, a good follow if you haven't already. Yes, definitely. Um, Thank you, Bryce. <laughs> just stealing numbers from nowhere. You I was trying to read from his tweet, so maybe he should structure it better. Yeah, well, that's true. So what you're trying to tell me is he's got three away games and pretty much every game for the rest of the season other than those three is a home game majority being at Eddie Hadbury scoring well correct get him in if you don't if you already do have him in so if you started the season with him like me I'd still advise trading him in this week it's worth it okay fantastic Um, we'll jump into the next game here North and the Tigers at Etihad Stadium. Jared Waite, Majak Dor, Nathan Horovat, uh, LDU and Paul Lahern coming in, hopefully getting his debut game at North. Uh, Ed Vickers-Willis, the only one named as an out this week, so there are extended benches at the moment. Um, hopefully in the coming uh, times, if uh, Ahern is getting a game, JB will we'll see one of those little um, Facebook uh, or Twitter videos that uh, that uh, I think Ross the Boss has been the one that's been uh, putting them out this year at Frio when we get to see all the uh, the debutants on the Richmond side of things. 
Trent Cochin in, Brandon Ellis in after being in the VFL for a few weeks, Anthony Miles named, Ivan Soldo and Ryan Garthwaite named uh, on an extended bench. Only Dion Presti out, injured again here, JB. It's going to be interesting, a couple potential debutants on either side. Um, The one thing I do want to talk to you about is uh, Dusty. What's going on with the bloke? Are they literally just sticking him forward? Until they need him, or is he? Is there an injury? What's What's your take on it? Richmond are that good that they don't need their best midfielder in the midfield to win the game or to, to get ahead on the scoreboard. So they're that whether they're conserving him or they're they're waiting until critical junctures in the game where they don't want the, the tide to turn. They're keeping him in the forward line as a good forward. He's obviously an above average forward. He, he kicks plenty of goals until they, they choose to put him in the midfield for, for shorter stint. So I wish I was in that situation as a club, but Richmond are honestly that good that they don't need their best midfielder in there. Conversely, you in the next game, Geelong are playing Dangerfield almost 50-50 forward, and they're not winning games. Richmond seem to be a better club than, uh, than Geelong at the moment because they're able to do the exact same thing with their, their exact same player almost, and they're getting very, very positive results. So it's crazy to see, but I I don't think it's something that'll change anytime soon. I don't think he's carrying an injury. He's still playing very well in the forward line and and well in the midfield when he goes there, but just not in supercoach terms, unfortunately. Sure. Crazy. The reason that I I posed this question to is we've kind of decided that it's more that Richmond don't need him to be spending 100% of time in the midfield right now. So if we look at their next month, They've got Essendon, they've got St Kilda, and they've got the Eagles over at Optus Stadium. So potentially with the travel and stuff, that might impact his midfield time as well. It's not like they've got a tough month coming up. So there could be a few people that are seeing that he's dropped a little bit of money and they might get him on and get on him in the next couple of weeks. But because he's spending that little bit extra time up forward, he's got a three-round average of 89 and a five-round average of 100. Like, this could continue for a few weeks to come, and that's what uh, kind of worries me here, JB, because, yes, they could, you know, flick the switch at any point and go, all right, Dusty, you're in the midfield now, do your thing. Or they could just keep sticking him up forward, just keep letting him rest, just um, jogging around the ground, picking up his uh, his mid-20 disposals a game and not having to be that midfielder for an entire game. So um, that's interesting. And for someone that owns him and started with him, it was great to start uh, the season with him, but the the last couple of weeks have been a little bit uh, frustrating, to say the least here, JB. So we'll jump into uh, the next game of the round, and the last game of the round, the MCG, Sunday afternoon. It is Collingwood and the Cats. Extended benches again for both sides. We've got Callum Brown, Josh Dacos, Alex Fasolo, and Daniel Wells on the ins for Collingwood. Uh, on the ins for Cats, we've got Harry Taylor, Zach Smith, Gaz is back, Gary Ablett, uh, Wiley Buzzer, George Horland Smith, and James Parsons, with only Lockie Fogarty, who's been managed, and Tom Hawkins out with suspension. Um, interesting game here, JB. Good to see that Gaz is back. How many weeks is he going to last? Uh, well, he's in my draft team, so I, I doubt he'll miss another game this year. <laughs> oh well, uh, I, I always bring up draft with Pistol because uh, I just like staring him over his team because he he always tries to trade tries to trade with me and uh, makes up just complete statistical nonsense to try and get me to trade anyone with him. So it's just funny <laughs> funny putting him on the spot on the podcast because he he just blurts numbers out and gets really offended. So um, love you, Pistol. <laughs> so um, feel free to trade me Bont whenever you like. Uh, Sam Murray uh, on the 
the extended bench here, I don't think he's any any uh, danger of getting dropped here, JB. We're seeing a lot of people trading out Murray this week, and uh, Pistol and I talked about it on the Monday podcast. We can't figure out why. Yeah, well, I mean, money is why. He's made, obviously, quite a bit of cash already. People are wanting to jump on your, your Yo's, your Hurleys, your Cade Simpsons uh, when they drop down. I assume it's just for upgrade purposes because I don't see any defenders unless they're swinging Sicily into defense and getting a Spargo. But personally, look, I don't hate it. He's he's made a lot of money. But at the same time, there's every chance he makes a significant amount more money. And it's just, yeah, it's one of those things where if you trade him now and he makes more money, you're like, damn it. If you hold him and he, he doesn't make more money, then you're like, why didn't I get rid of him back? But it's very team-specific again. And... Like, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible move. I don't think it's a great move. I'm not doing it personally, but you know, I think Finlayson's probably more of an issue. But at the end of the day, he's not like he's going to be averaging a hundred, and it's not like he's going to make another extra hundred k from this second onward. So, it's it can't be the worst thing in the world, I guess. Yeah, well, I'll contrast that with Finlayson. You've got Sam Murray averaging 76, a five-round average of 81. He's got a break-even of 63. It's not like he's going to be, he's going to start leaking cash. Finlayson yeah, on the other side has been uh, he's averaged 84 for the year, which has come down the last uh, few weeks. Where he's averaged 72 in the last three, 79 in the last five. If they're throwing him around because of their injuries, you just can't be confident that he's just going to sit on that back flank um, racking up the pill every week. So um, he's one that I would be moving out um, before Sam Murray at this stage. So uh, if you've got the, the two of them in your side, that's what I'll, I would be advocating at this uh, at this stage. Uh, JB, um, that pretty much uh, wraps up all, all the teams there, mate. Uh, the... Uh, the last thing that we should probably talk about um, in regards to that little rookie upgrade is the Flynn Appleby situation. Uh, Pistol did mention on the uh, the Monday podcast they've got a couple uh, defenders and uh, players still to come back into that um, that Collingwood side. He may not be around long enough to make some money. So the, uh, one of the popular trades this week is uh, a Jeremy Finlayson or a Sam Murray to a Flynn Appleby. And pretty much at this stage, you're only really banking some cash. Uh, with the downgrade, the, you, you're probably going to end up holding him for an, a considerable amount of time because um, we're not sure he's going to play enough games to uh, you know generate some cash and be a, a def- definitive downgrade option himself, JB. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that trade. Uh, they've got players like Langdon and there's another defensive player who I can't quite remember the name of this second, but they're only out for one to two more weeks. So if that's all we're getting from Appleby, he won't make us enough money and definitely isn't scoring that well that you need to have him on your field. Um, I wouldn't be trading. I definitely wouldn't be trading Mario to him, but I probably wouldn't be trading Finlayson to him either. Okay. The last thing we should touch on before we jump into the captains and things like that here, JB. Uh, Rory Sloan still in three percent of teams. He's obviously obviously missed the last uh, three games. He's been announced uh, with a Liz Frank injury uh, to the ligament in across his uh, metatarsals in his foot. That is a pretty significant injury if he's done it properly and torn uh, torn the ligaments around there. So. For those 3% that are waiting on uh, Sloan, I think he should be an immediate out for your team uh, there, JB, if you do have him. Uh, something I thought we should just touch on, and uh, what I'll do now is I'll throw over to you to just go through a few captaincy options for the week ahead. Yes, so I've got early access to La Hug's captains. I actually should have posted this today, but I have been sick and almost forgot what day it was, so I'm lucky I'm even on the podcast. <laughs> Vice captaincy options, he's got uh, he's got Tom Mitchell here, Josh P. Kennedy, and Patrick Cripps as three of the big ones. Um, it, 
he, when he lists his big three, he has Max Gorn, number one, if you've got a late loophole, which uh, I know a few people will, some people may not. Otherwise, Tom Mitchell's your best bet, followed by Patrick Cripps. Cripps has just been amazing this year. I can't believe I didn't start him. I'm, I'm still very upset about it. Top three captaincy options. Those who are trading in Jackson McRae this week, he's number one. Max Gorn being number two, if you don't have the ability to vice-captain loophole him. And Nat Five being number three. So... Of those options, of those VC options, Gorn, Mitchell, and Patrick Cripps, are you considering them, uh, Chizo? Well, I'm definitely VCing Mitchell at this stage. I'm probably looking into a Nathan Five. What about you? Yeah, exact same. So Mitchell, with the the pouring rain that is apparently hitting Melbourne tomorrow, seems like a very good bet. It's hard to tag someone when the ball is just in stoppage after stoppage, and we know he's a tackling machine and and someone that really works those little ha- contested handballs out uh, into the open player. So I think he'll be a very good option. Uh, probably a safe bet for 120-plus at this stage. And then uh, between Max Gorn and Nat Fife, I don't... I mean, Nat Scorn, Max Gorn obviously being so dominant, I think he's a little limited with disposals. Fife, if he can really just dominate and, and get on the end of a big disposal game and have those that little bit of scoreboard impact that he's had this year could be on the end of a big score. So I'm very, very confident in, in Fife and Titch this week and Max Gorn being the third option. Yeah, well, I guess the, the the thing that's leaning me towards Fife, I know Fife's averaging 124 and Gorn uh, 130. There is a slight difference there. You might be saying, uh, well, why not Max Gorn? The reason I'm going, between, uh, going for Fife is that, yes, he's playing the Saints, but he's playing them at Optus Stadium. He's playing them at home, um, where he's just been going bananas over the last few games. So I, I really see a solid 150 going this week. And I know Titch is going to be a solid VC option, but I think this is one of those weeks where you have enough matchups that usually you would say, you know, maybe a 120 is a good score and you just take that as a VC. I think maybe this week with the matchups that we have, say a Fife and a Gorn, a Gorn against uh, Gold Coast, it really could be one of those ones where maybe a 130 or 135 is worth taking a punt um, on a captain that could go 160 plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's all, all a numbers game. Uh, and Chizo, I've got a question. Imagine at the start of the season being told that starting with a trio of Dangerfield, Dusty, and jo- uh, Josh Kelly would be one of the worst starting premium midfield trios that you could possibly start with. <laughs> well, but pretty much until the last week of lockout, that's what I had in there. So uh... I've still got those three. <laughs> All oh, well, three that, of them. That, that, that explains our season, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Like those three, I had almost locked into my team's first three picks, and they were just—they felt like the safest picks considering their last season, and they've all been crap. So, oh, oh, I said I kind of—I don't know if I should say that, but yes, they've all been very bad. Yeah, well, for for the avid lit- avid listeners over the last few weeks, there was a little bit of a, a pistol slip of the tongue talking about he your humour. He did. And it's not likely to come from from Pistol. I rang him up straight away, and I was like, "What were you thinking? What were you thinking, Pistol? This is uh, yeah." After not- the podcast, <laughs> I just made sure I checked on his his family, his life at home. What was what was wrong? What happened? Did I say something to upset him? He he was just on a rampage most of that podcast, and it, and it just really fired up when he swore at me. Well, speaking of uh, opinionated. I I can't even go on Twitter and say how frustrated I am with my team anymore without people chirping in and, and saying that I need to harden up, JB. What, what's the world coming to when you can't complain on social media? Well, Nick Nat can't even tackle someone in his own sport, <laughs> so 
Who who even knows what's happening anymore, Cheeso? Oh, I definitely don't. Uh, I'm just loving the influx of memes coming out there. Just like um, at halftime, they have to update the uh, you know the 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 weight measurements as they lose bodily fluids and they need to recompute. I think the words was uh, and they need to compute the new tackling force needed as the dehydration sets in and you can tackle that little bit harder because uh, you know the tall guys are slightly less in weight and things. Like that. It's just an absolute joke. If you're one of the quite- funniest things I saw. Oh. Sorry, sorry, I'll cut you off. One of the funniest things I saw was uh, before a tackle, before the uh, the umpire sees that a tackle is about to happen, the play has to stop. They have to go to a a video referee to see if the the weight (laughs) of the two players is allowed for the tackle. Whilst everyone's waiting, the crowd's waiting in anticipation, they're they're then allowed to simulate that tackle and then go from there. And that has to happen with every single tackle in the game now. So Contact contact wing defense, mate. That's what it is. But like the thing is, this is I, I, we don't usually do this on the podcast, but I always do it to you. I opinionated, as you know. The, when you play footy, when you're growing up, if you get called up to the seniors as a junior, you don't get to stand up there and go, "Oh, that guy's forty years old. He's had twenty years of putting on muscle. He, I'm not allowed to play with him because he's got muscles on him." If you're a little skinny guy and you're playing AFL. There's different sized people all over the ground. There's full forwards. There's small forwards. There's ruckmen. There's rovers. There's different sizes. You can't you can't penalise someone for having good genetics and just being tall and athletic. If you get wrapped up in a tackle and they've literally done nothing wrong, they didn't dive in your back, they didn't twist your head first into the ground, your body hits. I don't understand it, JB. It's it, it's frustrating the hell out of me and. But um, seriously, Cheezo, Admon almost died, so rest in peace, and let's stop talking about it. <laughs> well, he got omitted this week. They didn't say anything about concussion, did they? They can't be can't be open Deceased. with that like the rest of the teams. <laughs> uh, JB, it, I, I know you're struggling, mate, so we might as well uh, pull it up a little bit short here. I know it's a, a bit of a shorter podcast than people usually expect when uh, you and I are chatting away together. Um, fantastic having you on, mate. It's uh, I know you've been struggling through, so uh, we'll blame Pistol for pulling out this morning. And uh, <laughs> and, and uh, he, he's finally uh, been one of the late withdrawals uh, rather than filling in for everyone in the meantime. Well, we talk about Billings being an upgrade to Sparko. This is essentially that. <laughs> Pistol out, JB in. Strong upgrade. Even though Pistol goes through a little bit more money on the market, I'm definitely an upgrade over him. So, well, you don't have the uh, contested percentage, uh, contested possessions that Spargo does. I, I, I've seen your work on the outside as a three-point shooter, mate. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll cut it off there. Um, hope you feel a little bit better. Good luck this weekend, community, and we'll catch you all later.